0: This is the Women's
1: Hockey Life Podcast. Welcome to the Women's Hockey Life Podcast, empowering women and girls in hockey. We'll be talking in depth about what it really takes to be unstoppable on the ice and in life. We'll be looking at the mindset of the most successful women as they mastered the game and went on to even bigger successes in life because they mastered it. This podcast is brought to you by our friends over at the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated. Go to THN.com backslash deal to subscribe to their magazine today. Joining us from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, she's a mom, two beautiful children. She's a sports dietitian owner of eat this for performance, a former student athlete at Cornell university, where she played for four seasons with the bears and someone I wish I had in my corner during my playing career to help me better understand what foods to eat to fuel my body for optimal performance. Pearl, welcome to the show. Yeah, I made it. We made it. Yes, <laughs> Go, mom. we did. I know, I know. How are you doing? Really,
0: really doing well. Um, we are, you know, survivors and thrivers right now, so we can't complain. And Montreal, despite, you know, our elevated cases here, we've, they've handled it well, and everyone seems to be, you know, moving along and living our lives, kids still going to school. So we're happy and grateful for that
1: that's right that's right i forgot the kids are going to school now it's a whole new ball game i'm sure uh lots of sanitizers and everything else around the house but i'm glad to hear you're thriving yeah uh, definitely
0: uh doing what i can um kids as uh we were talking about before are on a little um bubbling with with mother-in-law so we have this stolen time now i want to delve you know really deep for you i just keep me as long
1: as you want me. I, I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> I love it. You're like, I've got mom, kid free time. It's, it's all about you right now. So I appreciate you taking that time and, and spending. I don't get to work now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that called a workaholic? Hold on a second. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, you're very, very passionate about what you do. But before we dive into to that whole world, um, which I'm excited for our listeners to, to learn more about you and what you do and how you help. Um, tell our readers just a little bit more about your hockey career, like where you started and how you ended up at Cornell. Yeah. Like I always like to say hockey was the vehicle or still is the vehicle of my life. I'm still so
0: attached to my love of this great sport. And when I close my eyes and picture my favorite places in the world, it usually has to do with some ice rink or some situation in my memory. So those kinds of things never go away. Those highlight reel moments never go away. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And this vehicle has taken me to extraordinary places, like literally places around the world. Uh, it's why I'm married to the man I married. It's why I'm speaking with you. It's everything to me. So I, but I I shouldn't have been a hockey player really. Like I grew up in rural um, Quebec, north of Montreal and girls did not play. I was uh, fortunate that my dad loved the Montreal Canadians and he insisted on putting my brother in hockey. And it was me that had the idea that that was the sport that I should be playing when I saw him play. So thank you, brother. Thank you, dad. And the rest is history. So (laughs) yeah, it took me, you know, it just took me at three and a half. I knew. So in any of those parents out there, you know, who saw, who see that spark young in their kids, like just let it roll because it was, I I knew like, I'm looking at my own kids. I knew if they sparked like early, like that's their passion, like just roll with it. And that was it. I was playing at four years old in organized hockey and I was the only girl. So I thought that was an anomaly. I didn't think other girls really played and, until much later when I got to see, probably at around nine, 10 years old, the, the, the um, national program started to make um, its way into you know, circuits and where we could go watch. Like when they came to Montreal, we could watch the um, women in pink play <laughs> the US. Like that, that's like Cammy Granado days, like way back in wow. the nineties. And yeah. they were literally wearing pink uniforms. For our, for our Canada national team. <laughs> yep. That happened. Go Google that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we, I just kept playing. Um, I got disenfranchised at about 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, just around, you know, when puberty's hitting, the boys are really teasing in the locker room. I was feeling like a very big outsider and I didn't love being there and I thought I didn't love hockey anymore. So I quit. Cool. Like my dad asked me if I wanted to play, I quit. Um, I was probably 13 years old and then two weeks later I regretted my decision but I didn't want to go back to that organization and luckily there was like somebody in my hometown who's like some family relative passed away. They read a funeral in Montreal, crossed this person um, that, that was like an agent for, for prep schools. And he just happened to ask the question, do you know any female hockey players? <laughs> and this is a big lesson to people, like be known for something where there's not a lot of people in doing what you're doing, because that is how I got um, to prep school. He recommended me and i was contacted by you know through this person this person in a small town because i was a girl who played hockey and therefore i got invited to prep school night and they really wanted girl hockey players because they never got to see me play. It was the most incredible recruiting, you know, talking about like pre-internet video film clips days. And it was newspaper clippings um, in French that I sent off to American prep schools. (laughs) And so I I can imagine the conversations with like the French teacher over there. (laughs) Hey, so there's this potentially talented, we have no idea hockey player. Um, Will you translate these newspaper clippings? Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, took, um, I actually took winnings from like a science fair project and applied to four prep schools. I got into all four, uh, but, uh, one of them in particular really offered me a great financial aid package. And that, that was what it took. I needed the financial aid. So I was able to go play for Loomis Chafee in Connecticut, four years of prep school. You were my rival. I was, <laughs> you were
1: my rival. Oh, Loomis. But-
0: yeah. I like, and Taft was always good. So I remember Taft. Yeah. I remember those, uh, those hard games and yeah, that was, it was a great experience. I mean, uh, I did the full four year thing. So I was, I was definitely saturated by the end of prep school. Like I, I, people often ask you, would you recommend this to your kids today? And I don't know the answer to that. You know, it's like, so individual, it was such a unique experience. I could tell them what it was like. I could tell them, you know, what's the difference of being at home versus that. Um, but I I know it's not for everybody what it did offer me though is exposure to universities that I never would have had okay back then like in Quebec and still actually there's a lot of Quebecers today I don't want to throw Quebecers under a bus we're a unique breed but French Canadian Quebecers think Cornell University is in Cornwall Ontario which is like the small like look this is a small town in Ontario that I, I think they may have a university but it is nothing near what we most of us know Cornell university to be right. Like I leave Ivy league with a huge history of hockey. So, so yeah, so that was my introduction to, okay, there's these amazing universities. You may want to check them out. They're interested in you. Like in, you know, the freshman year I was, I didn't know what it meant. I was starting to get letters at the show after the showcase tournament on the holidays. And, and then by my third year, I knew what it meant. And I knew that I wanted to be the best of the best and go play NCAA, even though I I probably still didn't know what that meant, but, um, (laughs) was lucky enough to, to, uh, you know, get the, uh, attention of, of, Cornell. And I just, I had a gut feeling about Cornell early. I went early decision in uh, my, my senior year. I actually had a massive injury my senior year. So I couldn't play. I, I, um, popped my ACL, uh, ligament right off my knee in, uh, the season right before hockey. So Cornell wanted me, other universities were like wishy-washy and I just was, was interested in Cornell. So I said, why, why gamble? And I went early decision and it was really an amazing decision. Like those four years of playing at that level and with that support, you know, financially and the university really backing the women's sports uh, were tremendous. I recommend it to everyone who's you know, aspiring to go to the highest level in um, in in hockey and sport in general, that you you target the university experience is to me it's it's golden and it's it's not. I wouldn't look back and I'm not that person who's like it's the best four years of my life. Like it's never gonna get better. It was a just a golden experience one I'll treasure forever. You know the people that you connect with, and and that's where I chose my next career because as you all know women don't really have a hockey playing career at the moment that is substantial, especially if you are not the best of the best. Like I was never a Mary flip Poulin. I was never, you know, Carolyn, Willette. I was to be like them, but yep, we all did, <laughs> <laughs> but that was just not in the cards for me for all kinds of reasons. And uh, so I fell into nutrition through, you know, different, different, um, Kind of like the puzzle pieces were all coming together for me different reasons like my upbringing and when i look back like nutrition is one of my keys to success and how i got you know noticed and how i got to be where i was and that was my parents being very hippie granola parents who raised us semi-vegetarian and with but not but like done well with like whole grains and as organic and all kinds of like way before their time they were you know my mom was doing yoga and teaching yoga in like the early 90s like that wasn't happening that now it's super popular so they were on a health kick taking us you know up north with the clean air and the clean water and so whatever that might have done it um it got definitely got me my curiosity peaked and and then um also I wanted to fix what was broken and that was another, that's been a huge desire of mine. It's just, I could see there's a lot of things broken and uh, it was just that, can I fix this? So that's my like engineering side in a way. Like if I could have chosen another path, it would have been engineering. So it's like, I the- got to interrupt
1: you though. You fixed that. What did, did that happen in university though? Was it something that you were seeing with your teammates where you're were like, we're not, we're not eating for performance. We're not eating the right foods. Like, is that where you're like, okay, I, I need to figure out how to fix this for my, myself and my teammates. So, I did that. <laughs> so you okay. know
0: how it goes, like you went to university. How many talks in nutrition did you have in
1: your experience in both like prep school, university? maybe one because I sought someone out and it took forever to find them,
0: and you did that,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: so we had one, yeah, like um, and I had a great coach. I had Mel Davidson if any if you know who that is if and She's the best, the best, um, totally changed my vision on the ice, like amazing hockey coach. And it just wasn't on anyone's radar then no one's radar. So we had, we did have a nutrition talk, um, with the local, like health dietitian yes. um, came in and we had that and it just didn't connect nothing connected about what this person explained to us it was almost a bit of a joke amongst us and how many we're getting all our calories we need to get as we're like shoving tons of crackers in our face on the bus rides <laughs> like, <Yeah>. we were <laughs> no connection to what the actual like what was it they were supposed to learn what was it that we're supposed to understand here. So that occurred but then in my senior year I started to see that there was there was stuff that I could have known or that we should know or that we could do. And I was trying to teach the team. So I did have, like one of the things I did was I had these um, drinking bracelets that I made the team. So we would move beads around on our wrist if we had like a, a glass of water. And so I was, I was trying to innovate and be like, how could we help each other out to have better habits and do this better? And so I knew there was a bit of um, a, something that I could do at that time. And I was still in school, like I was still learning it all. And I wasn't specialized in sports nutrition. I just learned the basics and you specialize in sports nutrition. I kept going. I did a master's degree at McGill university. And then I worked with the, um, diploma, the two-year diploma for the International Olympic Committee to really specialize and understand from the top sports scientists in the world what was what going on out there. Uh, so to the point where there's like, I look at anything on the internet, I look at anything that comes to, there's no confusion, there's no misunderstanding. I know that, I know where things are gray, I know why people think, have certain schools of thought. When you have that level of understanding, there's no more questions anymore. So that, that fixing a broken, definitely to answer your question in the long way. Yes. I was fixing the team issue, but I also was inspired by my own family's, uh, broken health. And, and I knew that's like at the root of it, I was on a mission, whether I knew it or not to like help my parents. My mom was diagnosed with type one diabetes at 39 years old. It took her to the hospital. It almost killed her. And this happened like, as things were, um, Like as I was quitting hockey and all this stuff like was happening at the same time. And, and then my dad while I was at prep school, um, I had not a heart attack but almost like had huge uh, um, angina and uh, problems with his heart uh, being clogged so he underwent a bypass and so I was, he re- we realized he had the family history of heart disease um, and I started to think like is are these preventable are these are these preventable are they or can we fix them so I was set about I think to initially to what can I do to fix this family but but in the en route I learned what it was that was broken overall. and so it's today it's It's less, it's it's like no longer about, you know, my family. It's about what I'm seeing in the entire industry that is broken, that we just need some clarity and some people with unbiased agendas uh, to come in and clear things up and fix.
1: Absolutely. That was quite the recap. Wow. Mm -hmm. I just learned even more about you that I didn't even know before this. That's, that's wild. That's amazing. So from all of this, you've now created what is Eat This for Performance, so tell tell us a little bit more about that, and like, what do you want to achieve with it? What's the goal?
0: The the passion I have for helping others uncover their best selves is how how I can really best describe this for performance. It's I know that inside of you, inside of myself, inside of our children that we have this version of ourselves that's a better version and it starts with our in our brain our neurocircuitry right we imagine we imagine and you know the classic you know mom imagination is like I imagine myself after I'll lose the baby, baby weight right the the baby weight yes. baby weight. so when you get you know, when you go through that experience and your body morphs and changes you're like but I know what I look like I know what I look like and you can imagine that and it's that strong imagination that kind of sets you on the path to, okay, I'm going to regain myself. And I think a lot of moms will relate to that. And maybe that's also a part of like, why, you know, some moms have difficulty coming back is the, the, it starts with the, like, what do you believe about yourself to be true? And so I start there. And I imagine that eating could help you achieve that vision. And because literally you are what you eat and that, that simplicity of that is, says it all. So eat this for performance takes the super self that you imagine and then layers on, okay, what
1: do we need to, how can we eat to achieve that vision that you have for yourself? I love it. I love it. And I've, uh, I've seen some of the videos. I've got some of our students in WHL Academy taking it with you. And one of the beauty, beautiful things I love about how you teach is you talk even to me as if I'm eight, seven or six, like you break it down in a way that I understand. Right. Cause I mean, after I played, I was your typical, Oh, put on, you know, 10, 15, 20 pounds. Cause I'm not working out as much anymore, but I'm still eating the same. And, and I had to relearn everything, but everything just seems so confusing to me. And it sounds weird being an elite athlete and being like, how do you not know how to eat whatever, but it's you, you talk in a way that people understand what was that process like? Cause you're, you're very educated. Like you are super smart, you know, a lot, but now you're trying to teach all ages, but you know, I feel like part of your niches is, is the younger kids that, you know, 10 to 14, 15, how did you learn how to talk to them?
0: Okay. So we are, when we get really educated on something, and really delve into the depth of it and keep going and keep going and keep going, you lose touch with that self that didn't know. And that's true, and I did do that. I, When I finished my master's degree at McGill, I launched into what I thought was the next step, which was to become an entrepreneur and like give that knowledge back. And I had sessions where the athlete and the par- or the parents or the person would come in to speak with me at the office and they would get a tsunami of information and I thought, well, I'm doing everything I can to give everything that's up here to you because that's why you paid me. That's like why I, I you should pay me. That's my value. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me probably a decade to get to the point where I've learned how to step by step go through that information so that you can actually absorb it. So it's been a long process. And I would say it's been my, probably my hockey people. So if we go back to like my vehicle that have helped me the most, cause I can at least connect on that level. I mean, we needed a connection point and then we could like uh, wrap hockey tape around it. And we could say, okay, here's the scenario that you can connect with and I can connect with and let's talk, how is that relevant to nutrition? Uh, I can give you about 10 examples if you want of that. Uh, and <laughs> they're really fun, but that is like, that is the, um, the gist of it. So it's taken me a while to get there.
1: Let's hear one example.
0: Okay. This is one for coaches and players and parents will get this, but more of our, our coaches, I think will understand this. So, you know, the white classic whiteboard where you're at the whiteboard in, in practice with explaining your system. And already that's like, you know, that's complicated because you have to explain where does the X's and O's go and you have to start to kind of get into the gray area. Like what happens when this happens? What happens when this happens? So let's say the breakout, you're explaining the breakout. And there's a few different breakouts that we know. Side note, I have like a really good breakout story. If ever we go into more (laughs) depth. had to do my first year at Cornell, but anyways, we'll come back to this. So um, the breakout's complicated and we need to explain it on the whiteboard. And then what if though, what if we explained it on the whiteboard for the first time to our team and then we never explained it again and we never practiced it and we showed up at our championship game, like somehow we made it there. We showed up at our championship game and we wanted to execute it perfectly. Any hockey person is like, yeah, that's a joke. Like you have to practice the breakout. We have to do it a few times together. We have to know, you know, do it as lines. We have to rehearse it. And so that is how we're treating nutrition right now. We're treating it like you can go to the whiteboard. So take that dietitian or that nutrition professional, have them come speak to the team. And the team is going to absorb a certain amount of it, but probably not a lot past 15 minutes. And then you're never going to practice it. And you're going to go to the big game and know how to do it. and. So if you treat nutrition like this, you will have the results that if you treated the breakout like that. So that's one of my my favorite examples,
1: especially for That's a good one. I can understand that now. It makes complete sense. You got to practice it. Yeah, right? It's not just, hey, I'm going to read a book about eating right, and okay, this is what I know I'm supposed to do. It's on paper, but if you don't actually implement it, then guess what? It's not going to happen, right? Like Google cannot make you a better hockey player. (laughs) It just can't. (laughs) So many people are upset right now that you just said that. (laughs) What do you mean I'm not going to be a better hockey player watching Google videos? Come on YouTube, please. This is the best. So, okay. So it took you a decade to learn how to communicate it. And and I respect that about you. You didn't give up, but did you have moments where you felt like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I haven't had that break. I haven't figured it out. Or is that what keeps you going? That mental stimulation of, I got to figure this out. You're so passionate about what you do.
0: I think the thing that keeps me going is i always like following what I think is what I should be doing, what it feels right to be doing, trying not to beat my head. Like for instance, Instagram for me has been a headbutt. Like I, <laughs> I know, but I'm admiring, I admire your Instagram because I mean, for me, it's actually like, like going through mud to post on Instagram. And I think it's because it's just not exactly how I need to be communicating with my, with people and just following that truth that you know like what you know to be true about yourself and it's not easy because sometimes you don't get the signposts clear enough and what I would say is what is clear to me is the long term vision and I'll give you a cute example like my long term vision for when I was young uh, you know think five six years old you know when we're still innocent and we believe in unicorns I'm just thinking about my seven year old and <laughs> yep. My um, wall was plastered with Wayne Gretzky wallpaper and you know this was the 90s so he was a a god and probably still is for many and I dreamed of being and I thought I would play in the NHL like that was my goal, and I really truly thought that was my goal and you know, later on you'll realize, well, not a lot of girls or no, no girls do that, yep. <laughs> but um, then you can shift your, your big goal. But then my big goal was to play for team Canada. And that took me, you know, it, it kind of almost crushed me because it took me right into university when I had team Canada's assistant coaches, as my head coach. Yep. And, right and then there. I started, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, then it's a big reckoning. You're like, well, I think she knows how good or bad I am. Like, I think she knows how how I play. And, and I, I think, you know, Mel Davis and I had a a lot of respect for me. We still talk to the stage. She's still my coach to this day. Like I still call her for coaching and it's, it's more, okay. The goal can shift. And I didn't know what it was for a while, but now it really, like, it's really clear to me. Like I, I really want to elevate my, my people to their next level. And I know that you know what that next level is. So I have to kind of pull it out of you, but um, yeah, yeah, like that is keeps me going. So there's always a whisper um, in all of those goals. There's always a whisper of, but you could fail, but you could fail, but you could like, there's always like a whisper of that. And I don't think that ever goes away. If you're really um, somebody who's pushing your highest level, that's like unimaginable, which I encourage you to do because it pushes you farther. And that whisper doesn't go away. And sometimes it's loud. Sometimes there's those days where you tell your closest friends or family members I should just give this up this is crazy what am I doing like I'm, I'm on the I'm wrong an Uber driver
1: tomorrow like that's what I'm doing
0: <laughs> yeah gotta let those out just let yeah. them out because when yeah. you hear it spoken you can know no no that's crazy I know what I'm doing here and so I would say that those you know those days are few and far between
1: and that's what keeps me going and I admire and respect that about you because I, I feel like this is you know, at the elite elite levels, there is that you know sports dietitian with a team or whatnot. But even like you just said, we've both been to college, and maybe it's a little bit different now, depending where you're playing. But it's not like a strength and conditioning coach; you don't have one of those for your team, right? Or you, you know, or even just a hockey coach. Like this is, I believe, such a big piece of becoming that elite athlete. Is is you know, obviously, you got to have the skills on the ice. You got your mental game's got to be on point as well. But what you put in your body is literally what's going to get you through that game. Right. So, are there like, have you come up to like a bunch of myths around sports nutrition or things that just trigger you that drive you crazy that, you know, people listening that you just want to educate them on? Like, that's not true. This is important. And here's why. It's, and that's also been an evolution
0: because it's a science. So if you read the origin story of what got me going on eat this for a performance, it had to do with the fact that I couldn't understand why, you know, popular weight loss companies were touting that they were the best formula for this, yeah. like weight loss. And there was too much, there was too much gray area I was learning about to think that we could fit in a formula. And then my a um, first daycare experience with my oldest child was where like things really clicked into place for me she turned to me after I'd approached her for help on the menu it was an in-house chef and I said hey I could help analyze you know some of the recipes give you some feedback and offer just offered and so she turns to me and was really resistant i could feel you know when someone is like get out of my (laughs) business and um so i was already ready to just say okay you know you don't don't need help great um but she tells me that nutrition is uh, like religion and politics everyone has an opinion and i started to like really think back on everything that i seen over the years and what people have said and how people have approached me I thought of the coaches who would come to the confessional with me hey Pearl I have sinned I have gone to McDonald's I was like oh yeah they do treat it like I they're like coming to my religion like oh my goodness and you know in the politics of it where you know not all people agree in the scientific community like one day they're saying eggs are good the next day they're saying eggs are bad like they don't know what they're talking about and that kind of idea. And so I can see how through the evolution of science, we've totally confused people then with the onset of the internet and Google, like giving all kinds of levels of knowledge at people's fingertips, people not really understanding how to do that. And then bring in marketing, where you're getting smart marketers for sports supplement companies or things like this, where they're now they're just like adding fuel to the fire because they're like they're telling you, you know, this is what you absolutely need to have to have the best diet or to have the best performance, right? So, um, all of that has led to um, me <laughs> clarifying that there is no one right way to do this. There is not. And the way you're doing it right now, if you're a healthy person, if you're a performing person, is probably pretty darn good. But wouldn't you like to be 100% confident in your next move? And that's the difference. It's like, can we get you that? like simple, basic education. Can we get you to the, like, I call it the next level. I have two levels that I teach of sports nutrition. Can we get you there so that you have supreme confidence in what you are doing? And you don't look at a news article. You don't look at a supplement and wonder you are actually able to make an educated decision on your own. Like, you know, you're able to choose a hockey stick on your own.
1: Yeah. with A little bit of guidance. So so for people that are listening, like I know you, I know your program, I know the results you get and you are getting. So I, there's belief I I'm, be, I'm behind you and what you do, but for people that don't know you or for people that just want to learn more about nutrition and be better, how do they do that without being fooled by those who aren't in this for the right reasons? Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And also about like, when you hear some, like a nutrition professional, who's not, clarified their message so easily for you to pick it up because there's a lot of nutrition professionals who are on route like I was to figuring out how to communicate better and so to give grace to those who are like listen to them again listen up again and like clarify, get asked deeper questions so to people that are trying to like navigate this this world I would say um number one um you need to figure out like that you're actually like setting aside time for it, time to practice, time to meal plan. And we've taken nutrition out of our school systems. We've taken it out of our um, sport. We always, it's not really been in our sports and and out of our homes because, you know, we are too busy to cook home meals. So if we don't have an outlet to practice then we're not going to move ahead. And so we're gonna do, end up doing things like getting all these supplements, like um, thinking it's like the quick fix, the quick replacement. And I'm not saying that there's no time and place for supplements. I took my vitamin D today. Like I believe there are certain supplements that can help you. And especially when you look at the the robustness of the science on something like vitamin D like definitely be paying attention to that one. Um, But protein powder, protein bars, like the bajillion of protein supplements that exist on the market right now, they are not the solution to your best performance. So until you really understand how to eat for performance, like throwing protein powders at your, at your kids or at your, um, in, you know, for yourself, like a protein pow- shake after every single training session. This is not the highest performance option that exists. It's a lesser.
1: Interesting. See right, that right there is mind boggling to me. Cause that's what you read. Have a shake afterwards, right? Yeah. Get some protein powder in the, uh, rebuild those muscles and, and you'll be good to go. It's the,
0: so just simplistic, simplistic, so
1: I'm like,
0: <laughs> simply put, I'm like, I can't, can't say the word. It's not not easy simple. to say. Yeah. Simply put, it's the fact that you, when you eat closer to the source of the original ingredient. So if you look at protein powder, a lot of it is whey, and that whey came from milk, and that milk came from a cow, and that cow ate the grass. So if you're eating more of those plants, ultimately, um, then you are getting the most robust you know, energy, the most robust in terms of vitamins and minerals. And um, other than that, you're getting a supplemental version of it. So even milk I consider a supplement for us. It's not a mainstay. And there's a lot of you know natural pasts who'll be like, praise, praise this conversation, because she said milk is not the be-all. Um, but you see that coming up in the science as well. Like Health Canada made a move in the past couple of years to take dairy off of the, the food guide and put it to the side. We don't need to focus on it. It needs the focus needs to be on plants. And so you'll see this coming. It just takes time and industries try, does try to fight that. The The dairy industry is a pretty big industry that will try to fight it. So we have to be aware of like, who's got interest, who's got bias in the messages that are coming out. And if you look at most nutrition professionals, not all, most of them, uh, if you look at their background, who they're tied to, it's really easy to see, like most are operating in um, on their own or um, in a team, in a clinic, and they really
1: are just there to help guide you on the science. Wow. Wow. You, uh, you know, your research, you've done it. You're, you're staying on top of it. And that's, again, I'm something I love and respect about you. So Pearl, this has been fascinating. I'm learning every time I talk to you, I feel like I take a little nugget away and, and I love that. And, I'm um, excited to keep our, our relationship, our friendship going here and, and business entrepreneur lives, um, you know, supporting one another. I have one last question for you. Okay. If you could go back to when you were a little girl and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Yeah. Uh, you're not alone. You're not alone
0: on this journey. And if you realize that the shy, I was a super shy loner kind of kid in a way I didn't I loved having friends but I was a little bit shy and so I would say to that young person that's shy or introverted or having anxiety or to the parent that sees their kid that's kind of closed off to them that keep reaching out to that individual because the more they appear to want help or need help they probably do and you just got to poke them to get it and there's a lot more help at our fingertips now with with you know, with us, with yep. <laughs> I look at what you're doing, like guiding our young athletes, like that that help that mentorship is available. So definitely be getting it because it's that makes it so much easier.
1: Great advice. I love that. I think I'll take that to my little my little self too and uh, remind her of that. Thank you guys for listening. Um, you can find Pearl Eat This for Performance. Um, Google her, you'll find her. It'll pop right up. She's got some great recipes on there that can help. Reach out to her if you need some additional help. Um, And until next time, you know, stay safe, stay healthy and keep chasing your dreams.